right. So uh, today we do have a we do have a, a guest coming up, but uh, we're just gonna um, we're gonna first get that interview. Yeah, first guest ever. I, that's so that's that's so cool. I was wondering when that was gonna happen. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I like talking to you, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's uh, it's gonna be a good one though. This one, yeah, it's a, it's a good a, one. It's a really yeah. good one. Um, mm-hmm. so we will have uh, Alex G coming on. So if you follow Galaxy Brain on Twitter, she's gonna come join us. She's an educator, very knowledgeable. Um, yeah. but uh, so. I, you don't have to get too much into it but like that you watched the debates huh yeah some yeah i did yeah. what'd you think uh i thought well i'm bummed your your bet didn't get covered dude the fucking dude i want to like what yeah. why does he tell, never do what him. i want him to do yeah tell him dude so i know dude yeah, i think i teased like, to it last episode yeah um so i took biden calling trump a clown plus 280 great odds and he's yeah. like, dude, they were both so timid, dude. They had the I know, kid gloves. Dude. I mean, like, they were scared, dude. Yeah, there they was, were scared. Like, they the powers that be were like, yo, guys, like, come on. Puppeteer yeah. guy was like, not this time. Yeah, Ow. yeah, exactly. And yeah. Uh, uh-huh. yeah, and like, yeah, they inserted the the other alien, Men in Black alien, in Biden's brain. You know what I mean? The one that was yeah. like that, the one that wouldn't call him a clown. And I was like, because the way I knew that wasn't gonna hit was Trump wasn't super aggressive. Yeah. So like, if Trump got aggressive, I knew Biden would do it. But I think when they did that, I think the reason the odds were so good is because the debate moderator said they would cut Trump's mic off if he if he um, interrupted Biden. Yeah, I think that's yeah. it. I fell for the odds trap. Yeah, that was what what the, that was what what happened. Everyone, anyone who went for a non solid colored tie to you got fucked, dude. Just lost tons of money on that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, house houses, cars. Who's, who's paying their mortgage? Like taking people's uh, covers on and odds on on presidential debates. You know, who's it's like definitely <laughs> some Scandinavian guy or something. Uh, like yeah, someone's under yeah. Anders uh, something. <laughs> guy with a sailor shirt on. Anders Bjorgen, dude. Yeah, yeah Anders yeah. Bjorgen. He's building like a IKEA couch in his house, like uh, yes. that type of guy. Like it's yeah. definitely somebody like I have no idea where that company's from. But yeah, in my head, when well, I. Yeah, so I watched the debate, and it was, yeah, it was whatever. It was, like, well, also, and I don't want to get into this, but, like, I watched it with some people that were, like, you know, like, more pro-Biden than, than I. Blue pill. So, so it was so it was interesting, to say the least. I was, like, you know, I'm, like, I'm just, I realize how far gone I am, dude, off this fucking, off this cush, dude. But, uh, yeah, don't you feel um, like a fish out of water? Something? Like, you feel like, oh, like you're, like, I dude. don't, I can't even breathe what this is right yeah. now. Like, my lungs can't handle it. Who am I Yeah, around? dude, yeah. And it's like, I honestly thought they, they both kind of did good, you know, in a weird yeah, way. If you were to be like just grading the debate objectively. Yeah. No, Biden I, was, Biden was solid. He was better than he was last time. I thought. Yeah, totally. And, um, uh, but, I, but I, I watched the fucking Borat. Let's talk about the Borat film real quick. Just a couple minutes. Thank bringing dude. that up. Cause I wanted to. Yeah. <sighs> what, what do you do? Mixed bag. No, the joke's funny. Justin Trudeau, dude. Justin Trudeau funny. set it off. dude. Justin the Trudeau fucking... set it off. <laughs> yes. Dude, that and was then, so good. um, well, yeah. and, and the thing about it was, and, and like, you know, stuff with his daughter is really funny. Like, uh, it's, it's great. You know what I mean? Like, and mm-hmm. the, I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it yet, but, um, spoiler alert. There you go. There. If I can... Sure. But you know, I mean, yeah. what is really the story? It's like the story's not yeah. even that important. It's just the jokes that you watch it for. But, um, what, what I, what I found interesting was one, I was glad to see that it was on Amazon prime because then I didn't have to pay for it directly. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh shit, this is free on Amazon Prime. When I was watching it, and I'm like, oh no, exactly. yeah, they got like ba- the, yeah. He, yeah. I just forgot what how much of a lib he was. Like we're the what's that thing? When if it's free, then you're the you're the you're the product, right? Basically, you know, oh, like okay. someone's buying you. I've never heard kind of that. thing. 
Oh yeah, like you know, like yeah. If it's if a tech thing is free, like you're the one that's being sold. Basically, you know, is that like the economic no, same thing? thing? Like a, like an economics teacher? Like there's no such thing as a free lunch. Yeah, yeah, that, like, like, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But um, but yeah, no, it was I know, dude, and it was weird because they they focused. My gripe was that they focused way too much on like the story rather than like the bits. You're right, and that and it wasn't like that, that documentary style. It was kind of like yeah. actually filmed. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like like uh, like and if Jackass bit, did that, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, yeah. what the hell, man? Yeah. And the bits weren't even. They weren't even that good. Like the the, the it wasn't even like the the cringe factor wasn't as crazy as it could have been. It was it was it was it was drawn out. And the thing is, like there were some funny moments. Like definitely the 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 ball you know the 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 formal event was funny i thought that was funny right the yeah. the q uh covid bros were i thought they were funny dude, dude. i, I was would like, i would legit kick it at that pad, i was like, like yeah, yeah. When, they, when they were dude when they were like uh what's worse the uh the uh the democrats or covid i was like well you know <laughs> yeah that yeah, was funny. i know but, but the, you know, you know and then the ending dude and then the fucking well wow. go on yeah no, the ending the, the ending is i won't even get yeah. into the ending because that's it's like blue pill to the max but with the with the the q guys or the <laughs> things like that i did in my back of my head i thought it was very funny but in the back of my head i'm like oh they're doing this to where if you criticize the clintons you're this yeah yeah totally. that's like it's totally that like uh totally. guilt by association it's like oh you have that opinion we always talk about the force takes exactly dude like you have that opinion well you're gonna be living in the log first off dude's rock okay that pad was sick dude yeah it was, it was like pimping, like dude. like yeah, the it was log cabin dude and the guy you see the yeah. guy when he's like he's like sitting back like having beers and like cheetos and just reading biden articles like on, <laughs> yeah, on, on, on like the daily wire or whatever <laughs> like, i love watching maybe that's like a, a weird like like thing of mine i, I love watching like people like that like backcountry southerners like on the internet is like funny as a thing to me i don't know it's just like yeah it's i love it dude yeah where they're like they're looking up q on shit it's but yeah, yeah dude yeah exactly no i thought that too in fact the audience i was with discussed that they're like wait is clinton good or bad and i'm like i didn't say shit i was just yeah. like, come on yeah can of like, worms yeah sometimes yeah, you gotta like is. hey do i want to ruin the night or do yeah I- exactly yeah. dude yeah, yeah. Exactly. um but um but yeah, dude, it was it was interesting. Um, yeah, he's just he's just ultra lib. What's who is America was was genius because it, it was full it was spectrum across the board, dude. It was like they had the Portland guy, they had criticize the, Israel, yeah, Israel. Yeah. They had exactly they had all of it. With this, it was just it was just like you know like it's like okay, like we've heard all this before, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, whatever and, though. And <laughs> yeah. and like like no, and like I said, I actually enjoyed it. Like I I gotta say, like I enjoyed. It. I thought it was a good watch. Like I just yeah. I it's tough for me to like you know just given how the climate and all that stuff it's tough to just sit down and objectively just enjoy something without seeing yeah. a narrative behind it and which that's kind of more of like a, a, a me problem probably honestly but like and let's be real the original borat was super political too yeah no it was yeah. it was an anti-bush narrative too we were just young when it came out we didn't care yeah and like you know what i mean so mm-hmm. like they were you okay you took didn't make one during the obama administration you know what i mean like yeah. it's, it's 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 but the thing that the I don't know. For me, the the big the Pence and Giuliani bits didn't hit as no. hard as I thought they were going to. I was to. disappointed I was, by the, like I was like, waiting. Yeah. I was like, and it was like all right, but I was like, I thought it was going to be some fire shit, and it was like whatever, I knew the Pence you know? one wasn't fire because we would have heard about that because that was at the beginning yeah. of uh, I did I, when he was talking about like the code. He's like, there's about like twelve cases in the code. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh wait, no, I would have seen this. Like, like yeah, I, this yeah. would have leaked. Like yeah. we're online enough to where we would have seen that. And the Giuliani one, I was like. I knew in the back of my head, I was like, the liberals are going to run with this. Like it's, you know, something crazy, even though yeah, 
like you know he's okay yes he's a perv like yeah sure. yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> today uh, and yeah and um yeah I, I i don't know and and then like now i get promoting your movie i 1000 percent get promoting your movie i understand that you're gonna like go at trump and then trump will tweet about it which he did trump called trump called him a creep uh sasha barrett sasha, <laughs> sasha beta cohen and uh he he uh he called him a creep and then like what did Borat say? Let me let me pull up the the thing. Like Sasha Baron Cohen said something to him uh, yeah. about like like he did one of those like basically like Krasenstein like Brooklyn dad like reply guy things to him, and it just like yeah. I, I thought like like I knew he was like super lived out, but I thought he was like more original than that in his critique yeah. of like this. And it's no, like, dude, it's yeah, him 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 being himself is whacked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would I wouldn't kick yeah. it with him. I would kick it with I would okay. Power Bruno, rank. Power Bruno. Bruno number one. You're kicking it with, yeah. I'm okay by far. Dude. I got yeah. Ali G personally. Um, like yeah. I, I would kick with Ali G. Bruno's cool. Um, the French racing guy from Talladega Nights slaps. Yeah, I love that guy. Or what um, about um? Uh, no, I fuck Aron Murad is the the he's the go too. And go. uh, um, uh, what's the professor's name? The Portland professor. Uh, oh, uh, uh, yeah, the super beta uh, dude. Oh, uh. God, Nile Kane D'Angelo yes, or some I, shit like yeah. That, honestly, yeah. maybe number one. Yeah, dude, like like that one's dude. that, that one's rap really battle good. was like I was dying, dude. That was so funny, dude. So good. He yeah. is hella good at coming up with songs no, and raps he, on the fly. He's it's great, crazy, and it's dude. but it's yeah. just like I almost wish this didn't come out in an election year. Yeah, I almost the, wish. It, yeah. The other thing, did you see that video of him giving like the serious speech about like Facebook and shit? Did you see that shit? Mm-mm. It's kind of making the rounds. It's like him, Sasha Baron, Baron Cohen, being like kind of giving this like the serious ass speech about like how his he's basically like and like whatever you know but his his thing was basically like no like we need to like preemptively screen facebook posts so that like misinformation doesn't go on dude it was bad dude when, was like, when are we ever going to leave this up to like it's your fault if you fall for some dumb shit yeah when dude, are we ever yeah. like like i understand like that's my <laughs> thing with like libertarianism there are aspects of libertarianism i like and that's one of them it's like yeah. you i first off i love shitty articles i don't I, just yeah. personally for me like i'm like oh what is this you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i love the uh like my i remember my grandpa back in the day uh he's like a super conservative like old guy that de- basically would fall for anything on facebook and it was like illinois burka ban goes down on vote and he's like he'll like tag his friend in illinois like john johnson is this true like you know yeah, what i mean yeah. and it's like not real it was never up for a vote or anything i love that don't take yeah. that from me I don't, yeah. it, it's not, is it really influencing votes? You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like if you already leaned that way, you might believe it. Yeah. It's a kind of chicken and egg thing, right? Yeah. Uh, it's definitely, God. yeah. I, I yeah. don't know. So he was saying the, that, what, is that what he was saying? He was saying like, we have to, we can't allow just anything posted on the internet. No. Well, he was just saying, yeah, he was going after Facebook and Zuckerberg. And, and the thing is, he's not wrong. He's saying like, look, he's, he's basically saying like, look, they don't care about the truth or not, or free speech. They just want to make money which is true. He's like, Zuckerberg doesn't care if like, if something, he's like, Zuckerberg doesn't care about free speech. It's a business. He's, exactly. Yeah. Which is true. But his whole thing is like, we we need to like scrub it clean. So people aren't brainwashed by like, by like conspiracy theories that only, only a few decades ago were completely like on the fringe and now they're mainstream. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, bro. And I was like, Oh, again, that's already, it's funny coming from him. Someone who like, who like, his whole career is based on like, you know, bucking the status quo narrative and, and kind of like, you know, digging his way in there. And he's a a genius method actor. Like, like there's no, there's no, like 
just yeah. all the disguises and all that kind of like he's so good at it like yeah. and and it's just weird man like i, I i'm not <laughs> like i i the, i used to hate when people are like hey keep politics out of it but i'm like damn man maybe we should just keep politics out like i'm starting to yeah. become like a, a sticks to sports bro or like a like, <laughs> yeah. like like i'm like it's like what is that occam's razor when they say like you used to be that way and then you like got yeah. went down another route and then you're like nah i'm, I'm that and like <laughs> that's been what 2020 has been for me is like like a occam's razor thing where i'm just like oh like when I was young, like fuck all that like PC culture shit and all that kind of stuff. And then like when I got like into college and a little bit older, I was like, no, no, this is right. We need to like uh, wipe yeah. free of hate speech and all that kind of stuff. And now I'm like, man, fuck this. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like, just that's not gonna work. So yeah. it's like it almost is like that. And I think I it's know. a point of maturity when you realize you just, you can't control every fucking moving part in the universe, let alone on planet Earth. And and like you just gotta, you know, you just gotta. I don't know, man. And the, th- the whole thing is you have to be like, an yeah, adult. We're... You have to be an adult. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. Like, like fucking yeah. grow up. That's I. I don't know. I, I, like, if you can't handle misinformation, like you're, you're, you'll fall for like manufactured misinformation that's getting yeah. you from CNN. Like you will. It's manufactured yep. consent. Yep. Like it's, it's just. And also, it, no, come on. Like, what, what are, what's no one's win rate is, it, no one's win rate is going to be fucking hundred percent. You know what I mean? No. It's no one's, and it's, and, uh, and to get the good to get the good shit to get the on the cutting edge of of information you're gonna have to be willing to be wrong and that's why the mainstream exists to to question it and buck it and everything and it's yeah dude it's um but yeah you're you're just gonna fall for the cnn stuff you're absolutely right yeah yeah well i I, you know i don't want to i don't want to prolong this any longer but uh let's uh i think we should get get to to the interview no it was a great interview um again thank you for for alex g at galaxy brain um for uh for checking it out check out the in the liner notes i'm going to put in the episode uh the articles we referenced to the article that she wrote on uh, virtual learning and uh during the pandemic and uh um i'll put her twitter handle in there as well uh please i i i think a lot of you probably do follow honestly like some of you that that uh that that follow this podcast and stuff she definitely is in that sort of twitter circle and stuff but um yeah let's get to that interview uh let's do it all right yeah Okay, guys, uh, welcome to Rare Candy. Uh, this is like uh, the first time we've done like a real intro because we have our first guest today. First guest ever. The echo chamber is broken. Um, and uh, she, her name is Alex. Um, and she is at Galaxy Brain, but Galaxy is with an Alex mixed in there. So, um, uh, Great yeah, username. yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, and you are an educator, correct? Yeah. Thank you for having me. No, yeah, no problem. No, no yeah. problem. So um, ju- the reason that uh, we reached out to you is because you wrote a piece in The Bellows, right? Do I have that correct? The Bellows? Yeah. And um, it really, I'll, I'll put it this way, I'm not much of a reader. So uh, I, I was able to, I was able to read this and I got through it and it was very well written, but it was like, there's some really good stuff. And coming from an educator's perspective, it wasn't something I was really like expecting from like a, a teacher, you know what I mean? So what, what prompted you to write this? Um, well, I've been a, um, I've, I'm, I'm a teacher in public schools and, um, I've always taught in low income public schools and what really prompted me to write it was, I think that a lot of the shutdown policies around schools and keeping schools closed is going to have a devastating impact on low income communities and the students from those communities. And I think most of it is being done not for safety or protection, but for corporate profit and at the behest of Silicon Valley rather than anything else. Yeah. 
And yeah. so you're, so yeah, what was your uh, journey through? Cause we're all going through this together. We've never been through anything like this really. Uh, did you always feel this way or was it like a slow progression? Like month by month, like March, April, May, you know, how did, how did it progress for you? Um, that's a good question. So I think right when everything started with the pandemic, um, I was still a union rep at that time. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, we should definitely close schools. Um, we had to vote on it. I mean, our vote didn't mean anything. It was a symbolic vote, but I was, you know, messaging people, please vote on this so we can close the schools. And then maybe the next week I kind of started to rethink that because it became clear that it wasn't going to be a two week thing to um, let hospitals and health care get ahead of the pandemic. It became clear that it was going to be indefinite, and that wasn't really what um, what was sold in the beginning. So after that, I sort of in when and California Gavin Newsom announced that schools were going to be closed for the rest of the year. That was, I think, at some point in April, and that was when it kind of shifted for me. Um, yeah. And then at that point. It's kind of hard to remember now, but at that point, it really felt like you couldn't tell anybody if you had doubts or you couldn't yeah. express yeah. even to close friends and stuff, skepticism around the policy. But over the summer, I've tried to um, do more research into the data and do more research into the impacts of the policies. Um, and that changed my thinking a lot. Yeah, yeah, that that and I was going to ask you that like as far as with your colleagues, did you have to walk on eggshells to even just or like, you know, almost be like, "Hey, this is kind of, you know, this is a bit much." Were you did you have to do that or were there a couple of your colleagues that are like, "Yeah, no, I agree." Um, I have some colleagues. I I don't go into long um detailed um thoughts about it with colleagues, but in terms of the day-to-day -day policy, especially around kids from certain vulnerable populations, like the special education population right. um, or newcomers. Um, I think there are people who agree. I've definitely spoken to people who agree that there should be provisions for them to come back safely sooner, um, such as expanding PPE, hiring more staff to make sure you have smaller class sizes, um, stuff like that. I think people are more on board for that than it might seem mm, yeah yeah i think a lot of people are kind of self-censoring right now and uh and i was kind of tri tripping on that myself in my own life um there's definitely people in my family that take this way more serious than others and uh and but when i was listening to uh i always butcher his last name but dr j from stanford uh oh jay bhattacharya bhattacharya yeah. yeah there you go um and i've you know I don't know. I, I think, uh, I think he's got some good takes on this whole thing, but hearing him say even him at Stanford, he can't, he has to walk in eggshells and it's like a huge rift even between all these professionals that are, you know, that have been doing this for years kind of was like, Oh, we're all going through this together and yeah. none of us really know what's going on. And, uh, yeah, so that was a big, uh, wake up call for me. Um, and who's the John, John Ioannidis, right. Is the, yeah. the doctor who, who was just published recently, even though they kind of, they've censored him, uh, forever throughout this whole pandemic and he yeah. turned out to be correct of course and um, just saying that you know that, well that this this lockdown is 
probably not as effective as we hope it would be and that it might not be as necessary as we uh, claim it to be. And on top of that, of course, you know, like we always talk about economics and, you know, we learn a certain, certain way economically uh, that you can't do something like this, even if it's well-intended and you don't have the social support, uh, which is, I think is what you're alluding to in your article about the technology and the food programs and everything like with low-income kids, it's just going to be a disaster no matter how you slice it, even if you are trying to save people's lives. Mm -hmm. Right. And the fact that we can't talk about that's very dangerous. So yeah, I was very pleased to, to read, read you right on your writing on that. I don't know if you want to elaborate on that a little bit. Um, well, yeah, I agree. And I think that what, since the, I wrote the article, there's been more information come out from schools because they are tracking for schools in the U.S. that have been open. What are the uh, infection rates for staff and for students? And it uh -huh. was something like 0.13% for students <laughs> and 024 for staff. Um, yeah. So low. And it's also since then, there was also, um, I think, been more uh, conversations and articles come out about schools opening too in various publications uh, where I think some of the thinking and consensus around it is shifting because of the economic impact and long-term health impact it's going to have on kids but the policy especially in California is really slow moving to change um, yeah. yeah well it was definitely interesting also in the spring to see people um, dismiss the idea that you should care about the economic impact of policies as something that only billionaires would care about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're a self-proclaimed materialist, that seems kind of important. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. So um, get as far as uh, the, the lunches, because that was one thing I never understood. Well, I, I don't have kids. He doesn't have kids. And so... I haven't been in school since Obama was president. Um, so I don't really look at this that much, but there are a lot of children and parents of children that depend on it for childcare and food. Yeah. So like, what, what has that been like in your experience? Have you had com not complaints, but people come to you like, look, I, I cannot do this at home thing. Well, they're still um, doing, uh, it, different in each district how frequently they're doing school meals but they are still giving out food there are for um for low-income schools a lot of them are in the community schools model where you have health clinics attached right. to the school you have um counseling and therapy services are coordinated through the school and things like glasses screenings dental screenings those things get coordinated through the school so a lot of students who have um get a lot of health coverage through schools uh, for low-income kids who go to community model schools. And I think, I, I think it's really mixed for parents because they're scared. Um, and I think there's a really wide variety of, of thought on it. Even people in really dire situations um, can be scared sometimes. So it's very mixed. Right. Right. Yeah. You got, you got something you want to ask? Well, you focus on the economic thing, uh, and more on the corporate side of things on how, like I knew that this was going to be a disaster economically. And I think it did throw a curveball for the left of which we, I, you know, Glenn and I consider ourselves to be on the left, but you had the tweet about, uh, 
and we don't have to get into this, but about Chapel Trap House, about how they're pro lockdown and kind of pro, uh, they're kind of like the, the, they took the fear monger side of things, right? Um, I think a lot of people on the left almost did this because it, it proves our point that how fucked up everything is and how our, our world is crumbling. Not that we need proof of that, but that's, we shouldn't gain pleasure in like every, everyday people uh, getting, you know, getting kicked out of a job or losing their income. And everyone's making fun of the MAGA, the MAGA bros for like, you know, they just want to get their hair cut. It's like, well, maybe they, maybe that hairdresser wants to eat and pay their rent too. You know, it's yeah. one of those things. And so, I mean, and of course this leads in discussion, like maybe we should socialize, you know, and just give everyone UBI and, you know, there's all sorts of different avenues that can go down, but uh, yeah, you, you brought up the key point that this is actually funneling uh, resources and giant profits and money into uh, corporations and CEOs, specifically tech corporations in Silicon Valley. And that's what I, I really hadn't pinned down in my own thing. No, yeah. And, and, you, and I you lived put there. It down. Yeah. <laughs> I lived yeah. there and I didn't even, yeah. And it was a light bulb moment for me that this is, a, this is a very technocratic kind of, kind of push for all this whole, this whole shift. Yeah. Well, I think that, um, when we closed in March, April, May in California, all of the tech platform subscriptions were free. So you could sign up for different platforms for kids to use at home. Um, and then in the fall, it became that you, the districts had to pay for it. So we already like set up on these different services. And I think that's been the model that some like Google has used for a long time is to it's like donate. a tri trial run kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> for a long time, Google has been giving schools Chromebooks, giving whole districts yeah. Chromebooks. And they've been really successful of getting everybody hooked on Google Docs. Google Classroom, Google Drive, so that kids are trained to use those programs. They'll be using them for the rest of their lives or know how to use them. Teachers teach with, through those programs. So if you're coming up in a young teacher training as a teacher, you're learning how to teach on computers, teaching online. Um, so I think that they've been very successful in changing the model of education to suit the tech world. Yeah. It's a closed ecosystem, closed yeah. loop. And you're yeah. talking about the zoom profits, like 12 billion, right. Made during this, during this thing. And yeah, it's I mean, uh, the whole thing. Yeah. Is, I think, it, I don't know if this is an updated number, but I think in September it was that billionaires had made 845 billion since uh, the pandemic. I think we're up to 890. I think we're almost up to 890. Okay. Now. So, yeah. That stock is, yeah, that stock is, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, wild. It. Yeah. it's wild. Yeah. It's almost no. like the, the stock market is, it's always been kind of a, a pseudo indicator of, of the economy, but now it's like the stock market's not even allowed to dip below a certain level. It's not even allowed by whoever decides that, you know, the, yeah. the ruling class and the fed and everything. And it, it's uh yeah, that, that shall not be, Everything else, you know, all product productivity can go through the roof. Wages can go way, way down. Doesn't even matter as long as the the market is is pumping out out numbers. It's, it hit all time highs during the the pandemic, you know. And I'm like, I'm a trader. I don't really trade stocks. I do other stuff. But I, so it's funny to me, you know. I, I see how it's all bullshit, basically. But yeah, what a, what a trip. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah so that's, go ahead. And so so um, as far as it goes with like zoom you 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 had tweeted about it i, I saw it the other day and you kind of mentioned it in here and it's almost like the like the privacy aspect of like zoom and stuff and like we're just we're not allowed to like be at home anymore even though we're like forced to stay at home 
Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's like, there's no yeah. private life. Yeah, okay. All work life, yeah. Yeah, and even I even saw you, like, say something about the guy who got caught doing things on Zoom the other day. Uh, uh, I'm not yeah. saying you were, like, <laughs> making an excuse, but, like, it was a, kind of an interesting point because I didn't think about it. It's it's Actually, weird, like, yeah, we have the same take. On our last pod, we were talking about how this is, like, inevitable. This, is, this shit's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, when yeah. You're, yeah, when you allow everyone into your living room. Yeah. And, well, yeah. What are you, and, what are you noticing with that, with, like, just, just nobody, like, look, I, I, I remember you used to be able to see your teacher at like the store and you're like what like, my teacher <laughs> at the store like oh please don't let her see me you know what i mean yeah and then oh, and then yeah. all of a sudden like now it's like now nah, my teacher sees this behind me you know what i mean yeah. like my teacher sees what i have in my room teacher sees me eating, yeah you know and it's like what what do you oh yeah the <laughs> eating on zoom is out of control <laughs> it's always, yeah always eating yeah. <laughs> I, I, lying I'm, in bed yeah just something yeah. or like, like share your screen. What do you do? What else are you doing? You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's, it's, so what do you like, what do you think this is doing like for kids? Like who already are kind of becoming desocialized because of just how we are. We're just, we kind of like, we type more than we like talk to each other and, and stuff like that. Like, what are you, what are you seeing as far as all that? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I think it, I think it will have to play out over a long period of time. And it also kind of depends how long this, this lasts for them. Um, I think that some kids are going to have to relearn um, certain social skills if they do go back in person, if and when. Um, and I think that for some kids, I think it is a hard experience to, to have to be on Zoom um, learning if you're at a table with all your siblings and there's different teachers coming out of Zoom giving instructions and the, your parent is trying to help you coordinate with four different kids and doing four different lessons in one small room. I think it's pretty overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, me. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to ask, uh, and we don't have to stay on this topic too long, but just politically with this election going on and how this is utilized. And, uh, you, you talked about, uh, Biden calling Trump the king of lockdowns and how it's already being flipped. The narrative's already being yeah. shifted Yeah. and how, you know, this isn't, and I've, I've, uh, <laughs> I, I've, def, you know, I, th I think we should be less, I, I can't, I personally can't stand Trump, didn't vote for him or whatever, but I, I, th I think we're far too harsh on him and less harsh on like the governors and the people doing, yes. you know, Gavin Newsom and Cuomo and stuff. And it's just becoming a total liberal, you know, fuel for this, for this crazy fire we have going on. And yeah, how they're already starting to backpedal on this. And I think if Biden wins, it, it'll immediately get flipped around basically with this, with this whole narrative on COVID. And, you know, we could talk numbers on like, I, you know, we've talked about that on this pod before on what this disease actually is, how it, how it actually hurts people uh, and how it is it on, on every level. It's, it's less than what we thought it was, you know, and, uh, and I know that's a controversial statement, but I would, I would swear by it you know based on what i've seen and every projection has been wrong and everything and not saying we shouldn't take it seriously not shouldn't we shouldn't have locked down for a few weeks or something but i don't know if you want to elaborate on the political angle a little bit we usually bring that up you know once um, in a while. yeah yeah i think that i think that there will be more people backtracking from lockdown policies and I think I used to think more if Biden wins, then it will end. But now I'm not so sure because mm. I think that things in California, things are very, are more closed, I guess, than other states. Oh, yeah. 
So in other states, I think you're seeing the things reopen and, um, but you're, but people, but there's still not an economic revival necessarily happening in a lot of places. So I think that we're going to still be dealing with certain pandemic culture, um, and the consequences more than the actual enforcement of the policies. So even if Biden wins, I feel like this is not going away, if that makes sense. Totally. No, yeah, no, it does. I, I was of that same thinking. Like, I was kind of like, this is so politicized already off the bat, right? Like, it was already so politicized. So I figured by the time he's inaugurated, it would be like another three-month crash course on this stuff. Like, you know, pedal to the metal. And then, oh, we beat it, folks. You know, I was kind of yeah. thinking that was going to happen. But uh, you might be right, especially like the, the, the thing is, is like I'm a California native, Bay Area native and the same thing. It's like everybody here is just like fully embraced it. You know what I mean? And, yeah. like, you know, masks have become the commodity. You have, you know, things written on your mask and all that mm -hmm. kind of vote on your mask. And it's so dystopian. And you talk about like, uh, I don't I think it's related to Proposition 15 in here. Right. Like um, I've seen a lot of people that are like, yeah, we got to we got to get that 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 has to pass. Right. Like that has to get. Um, we have to get this funding from these billionaires and all that stuff. And while maybe the small business side might oppose it or something, but you had kind of an interesting take on, on proposition 15. And I kind of wanted to hear it like about all the billionaires that are like behind it almost. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, um, I'm not against prop 15. Um, I'm kind of not really, I'm not really, I'm still not really sure how yeah, I me neither. feel yeah. about it. Um, I, I can you, can you signatures for Prop 15. Yeah, um, explain it real fast. I'm sorry. Can you explain even, it to me like someone, yeah. like I don't even know too much about it. I was leaning, okay, I was leaning so, on you there. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Prop so Prop 13 passed in the 70s, I think it was enacted maybe 1978. And that kind of um, Prop 13 overnight changed the fun California funding of education. I think it cut the budget by maybe a third or something crazy where California was one of the highest states for funding for education and then became one of the lowest. And we're still maybe bottom 10 adjusted for cost of living and the below, definitely below the national average for money per kid spent. Um, so Prop 15 um, decreased property taxes to the 1976 value and restricted the amount it could increase. Mm. So a lot of homeowners are who've had their property for a long time are paying not 2020 values on property, but right. yeah. So yeah. by value from previous year on years on property and it applied not just to residential property, but also to commercial property. So Prop 15 is aimed to close the loophole for commercial property. So it would make it so that um, large industrial properties have to pay their current property tax value as the property is assessed for the current year, not the values they've been paying from the 70s. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and that's so a huge difference. Yeah, it <laughs> it's would, like, yeah. yeah, so it's a lot here, of, it's I think it's like gonna be $12 billion and majority of it will be paid by these big, big properties like Disney, Chevron, mm. um, and 
some of it will be paid by smaller commercial properties. Business, small business is exempt because the property has to be worth more than $3 million. And I think the strange thing about this prop is that there's a lot of money on both sides. So uh, the Yes campaign has a lot of money from the Chan Zuckerberg Foundation. Yeah. Every single Democratic uh, primary candidate has like endorsed this campaign, including really random people like Bloomberg. I'm looking at. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> there he is. Um, <laughs> and then on the other side, you have business owners, and they've kind of mobilized um, small business owners to be um, against Prop 15. Some of it somewhat cynically, but I think the yes campaign on Prop 15 hasn't really given an answer to small business owners who rent property, who rent their space on commercial property, um, where their lease specifies that they will have to pay some of in any increased property tax, which some small businesses lease do specify. Um, and also it's very possible that these commercial properties could just sell their space to avoid having to pay the taxes. So I think, I that, think that's where it's going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the fear for some small business owners. That's not, and that's not really my main concern. Um, but I think just want to acknowledge that's where most of the conversation around prop 15 has been on the no side. Um, then if you're looking at companies like Disney or Chevron or IBM, I think you're also going to see major downsizing if Prop 15 passes, which it most likely will. And um, Disneyland slash Disney World has already fired 28,000 people or something um, because of the pandemic closures. So I think it's also very possible that those big properties will fire people and oh, that yeah. it's not actually necessarily going to be the rich because yeah. the slogan of Schools and communities first. Prop 15 is tax the rich. I don't necessarily know if this loss is going to fall to the rich in the end. Sure. Um, but then my biggest, biggest concern is around the charter school issue where I was collecting signatures for Prop 15 and no one told me that it was also going to fund charter schools. So if you look at the assault on oh, public boy. education, charter schools and privatization is one of the main problems, if not the main problem. Um, so it feels a little bit strange to be trying to negotiate for this extra funding back that should have been there already in the first place, but at the same time, we're going to get this funding back and also have to give funding to charters at the same time. So yeah, I think it's really complicated and it's mixed. So at the same time, I wouldn't necessarily tell anyone to vote no on it or that they shouldn't yeah. vote for school funding because Prop 13 is infamously been terrible for the state. Sure. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well said. No, I, I, I agree. Um, and yeah, I'm sorry. Did you have, do you have one you want to No, ask? no, go ahead. Yeah. Um, and then like you, I, I'm always fascinated by this because I, I've always, as like a leftist, I'm kind of not new to it. Like I was, I grew up super liberal and stuff, but I really started realizing, especially living in the Bay area, you're like, this is dystopian. Like I, I, I am an, an independent, yeah like contractor I, i've worked all these independent contractor jobs for huge tech companies where they're just like they're making us work in like slaughterhouses with like pig matter stuck in the drains not to get too graphic here but just things like that where and and when we tried to get anything good you know you always hear the story of like amazon workers wanting air conditioning and they come out in with popsicles and and <laughs> stuff like that but the answer to that is always union right like that's always what you're told you unionize 
But yeah. You, you have a, a really interesting narrative on the teachers union, like as a controlled opposition. Did you want to expand on that a little bit? Ooh. Um, yeah. So the, um, I, I say this because I, I just want to preface this by saying I was a union rep for three years. Right. Um, I was a rep when we went on strike in my district. So I've been very involved with the union. Um, and one thing I, would just criticize that the California Teachers Union is that it's almost a stereotype of a corrupt bureaucratic union right. where you have in first year teachers making $45,000 a year um, or sometimes less in some districts and you have the union leadership making six figure salaries um, or even more sometimes. Oh, yeah. hmm. um, and I think that the California Teachers Union and the, um, sorry, which is called California Teachers Association mm -hmm. and the National Educators Association are super in bed with the Democratic Party and have put tons of money into campaigns and ballot initiatives and PACs that end up funding the Democratic Party or Democratic Party's interests and that are not always necessarily aligned directly with things that are going to improve working conditions and wages for teachers. So I think in that situation, um, being pro-labor, pro-union doesn't necessarily mean following party line on what the oh, yeah. large union wants to do. Um, it sometimes means being critical of what they're doing especially in the context we have now where they're supporting a situation that's clear tech dystopia and is removing basic social services for vulnerable people and also potentially going to lead to the obsolescence of our very profession as more and more moves online. <laughs> and I know that sounds kind of extreme, but the materials I see as a teacher will be things like modern classrooms project where they'll put in the materials that the best classroom is one where you basically don't see the teacher at all and that everything just functions on its own online. Yeah. And I can't help but get conspiratorial, but that this is something the technocrats have been pushing for about a decade now, at least, and with Bill Gates and everything, and they've, they have been pushing this model. And then they, you know, I'm not saying anything here i'm just saying this was all pre-paved it seems and then this this virus happens and we we it was the right opportunity it was the right opportunity it was like yeah. yeah it was like kindling into a fire uh it just it just sparked and and took off and like they had they had all this waiting in the wings you know i'm not making any claim that this was like created or whatever put out by anyone like covid but th th this was pre-planned the the response to this and the the uh the timing was right basically and it's just yeah it's yeah i don't understand the 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 teacher's response to this uh it's been very uh it's been very confusing to me and also just the the notion of who's essential and who's not and who do we protect oh, and who don't we protect yeah. and my big thing is like daycare workers right are seen as totally disposable yeah. Yeah. Yet, yet teachers are the ultimate heroes and i i do respect teachers i respect you and everything but just that they, they're just so uh pearl clutching over the notion that they might have to go into work 
yeah. and, and teach, but everyone's yeah. sending their kids to daycare. You know, this virus is if if the if the virus is serious, it is being spread. It wiped out the daycares the same way it did the the nursing homes. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent more and, probably. I yeah. mean, it's and, it's a way to shift. Right? I mean, it's they're shifting risk away from themselves and acting yeah. like they're doing God's work when exactly. they're just moving right, nice. risk onto lower paid workers, onto Without workers who don't have union protection. Yeah. I mean, there there's a. Uh, there will be, yeah, daycare workers and other workers who are not certified teachers like paraprofessionals or private um, in-home services starting for some kids at this point. Um, and the teachers union attitude is like, oh, well, maybe it's safe for them, but it's still not safe for teachers. Yeah. Um, we must protect the teachers. We have, yeah. Yeah, it's like one of those things, like the penguin, and, the daycare is like the penguin they push in to see if there's sharks. Like, they're like <laughs> yeah. let's see how the daycares go and then we'll see. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. They yeah. should be negotiating things to do for older teachers or immunocompromised teachers or people yeah. who live with immunocompromised family, stuff right. like that. Um, but yeah. the blanket, we're just not going in. Um, no one can go in until everyone can go in. Uh, yeah. sort of zero COVID policy is, yeah. yeah, if I wasn't a teacher, I would not have a high opinion of it. And having community support is really important for a labor organization. Yes. Because um, if you lose that, then you lose a lot of leverage. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, well, that's well said. Um, the, I just wanted to, I uh, just before we wrap up, I think I've kept you a little longer than I said. I apologize, but oh um, no, I'm 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 free. Don't worry oh, about it. <laughs> well, that case, no. But uh, <laughs> anyways, the uh, um, I I saw you tweet about this because I I'm I think we're from kind of the same area uh, for a while. I, I see you tweet a lot, like some KTVU stuff, like PG&E stuff. So I'm always like, okay, like you know, I mean, I think we kind of see some of the same things. But the um, you write about it in your in your in your piece, right? Like kind of this like this woke stance right like covid combined like covid fear combined with like a woke stance to kind of justify the me the measures that they're taking and then you see things on like on ktv who says the karen act i know i saw you tweet about oh that. yeah the karen act and all that kind of stuff like what do you i i we're very critical of this stuff we've gone on like another podcast where like a guy was like how can you hate like woke stuff and he lives in like alabama right and so he's just yeah. like yo like we're not well like i want that and i'm like that's fine. We just have different enemies that kind of want mm -hmm. the same thing, you know? And, and, uh, so when you see all this stuff in like the Bay area, just this stuff that doesn't really come with anything material and it's just like kind of has a woke aesthetic to it. What do you, what do you think? Um, I think that the, I think well, specifically with the school closures, I think that there's narratives emerging around school being a sort of an inherently oppressive place for certain populations. And that means that it's better for kids to not be in school or better for them to be online. Um, you can find a lot of articles about that. Um, and I think that's very much a step back and it's yeah. very unfortunate that identity is being used to justify that because a lot of the improvements that have been made for people in terms of access to education were not that long ago and very hard fought. And um, mm. those, I think the, to, I think that one thing that's happening is that 
there's going to be um, a long-term shift to having affluent people work at home and low-income people not have access to employment oh, yeah. more and more. Yeah. And if there's sort of an anti-racism framework being used to justify that, to say, well, kids shouldn't be in school because school's racist. <laughs> um, nice. And then the next step is going to be they shouldn't be working because work is racist. <laughs> You should be at home poor. Yeah. Cause yeah. that's not racist. What well, infrastructurally we can't, we can't get to you there. So yeah. I think there were a lot of problems oh before this because there was sort of a lot of like meritocracy narratives, um, that were not true and that created their own issues, but this is worse <laughs> because the abandonment for any kind of left project of an, a, the essential function of education uh, in ensuring reproduction of anything worthwhile is very scary and sad to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, did you have another question for? No, I might have a final question, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I, I'm about it out of questions myself. So, uh, go ahead, man. Yeah. Well, I, you're probably much more eloquent than, than I and I was just if you just finally if you had a if you had to give like an elevator pitch to to the type of person that would listen to this and be like what are they talking about like they're against lockdowns or against you know they they don't yeah yeah, exactly yeah what like what would you say you know if you could say in like a paragraph or something or longer uh what to just you know and I know that's a that's a tough MLA 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 form please yeah exactly yeah I guess I would say that lockdowns were supposed to be about um, letting hospitals and the healthcare uh, world get ahead of the pandemic. And if there's something to be done about the pandemic, it should be around improving access to healthcare. Yes. Um, It should be around preventative measures that don't involve a full shutdown of the society and that there's going to be years of lost life for many people because of the negative impact on the economy and also um, on social interaction which is necessary for health so i think that it's really difficult to accept but we have to look at what's happening right now in terms of the economy, in terms of labor relations, in terms of which industries are becoming more dominant and which industries are dying, um, not in terms of a disease and not blame everything on a disease or on a virus, but look at it as its own process separate from the virus. Nice. Because ultimately, not all of this is caused by a virus. This is about our approach to the virus. And yeah. it's, not a, it's not effective. And if we were in an extremely deadly pandemic, more deadly than COVID-19, um, this wouldn't be acceptable anyway, because this would still be causing way more issues down the line. And it wouldn't be giving people what they need, which is access to healthcare. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, 
that would be my elevator pitch. <laughs> That's okay. great. Yeah. So I guess I guess the the last question I have, um, and and thank you so much. It's it's been great. Like we this is one mm -hmm. area we have not touched on. We've been doing no joke like a bunch of episodes since March, and we've talked about the lockdown from everything. I work out in the road, so like I talk about stuff out there about just people yeah. driving by. If you're not wearing a mask with nobody standing within a hundred feet from you, like that's kind of stuff I'm like we're talking about. We, we joke, but we haven't yeah. we haven't touched on schools. Like like you know what I mean we just yeah. haven't done that. But okay, let's say. And this is extreme hypothetical. And if you don't have an answer, that's fine. But like, if I say, okay, Alex, you can open up schools tomorrow. How do you do it? Mm -hmm. I mean, and like, and you have to kind of make parents somewhat, you know, happy. Okay. Well, I think this isn't necessarily what I think based on um, the data, because right. I think the data is more optimistic than this, but to make um, people comfortable, I would just do a massive hiring initiative. Um, if they, if there were, if I had unlimited money, that's what I would be spending the money on. Which you could um, technically, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean they're like, uh, they're, they're saying they're withholding all these, this money from schools. So you could, because, yeah. yeah, class sizes are already too big. <laughs> yes. So, um, I think it should go to hiring teachers. And then if, if we're in California, we have good weather, we can do class outside. So yeah. I would coordinate with parks and other public spaces That's if school idea. spaces are not big enough buy tents for when it rains stuff like that but i think the 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 safety measure that would be the most effective is to re and to make people comfortable would mean hiring teachers and that's why that's never going to happen because they're never going to spend mm -hmm. money on teachers and that kind of goes back to the prop 15 thing for me where Again, I'm not saying that people shouldn't vote yes on Prop 15, but I have, I'm very skeptical that the money will end up in the hands yeah. of schools and kids and teachers because I saw some crazy statistic the other day that was like, kid population at school has increased 7% in the past few decades. Teacher population has increased 8%. And administrator population and central office population has increased, you know, 30% or something yeah. much bigger, where I think that the thing that would help almost every problem in education would be hiring staff. Yeah. Every problem, including pan the pandemic, would be hiring staff. And one thing that uh, it gets spent on more and more is just six-figure salaries in central offices and people's pet projects in central offices. Yeah. It's bureaucracy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 1, yeah exactly. What's an ideal class size like if, during this time? Do you think? Um, I don't. I, yeah. I, <laughs> no, I, I don't want to say because I, I'm also being more. This is more restrictive than what I actually think. But um, <laughs> smart. You could cut them in half. Okay. I think yeah. No, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't think about the outdoor school. That'd be kind of cool, actually. Like I was just thinking about like I probably would have enjoyed. It would that. totally change the whole. You know, from going in. Or you're already stuffed in a, a room learning with bad infrastructure. Yeah. 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 And then you're at home in your bedroom on Zoom and just being outside would be a total energetic shift, you know, of, of learning. And well, historically, I think that they did do outside classes in um, some cities in the 1918 influenza pandemic. Mm. Mm. And also they did the same thing in, a, I think, tuberculosis outbreak. But now in 2020, we're, we can't or we're not able to organize things like that. Or a virus yeah. that isn't killing as many people. Like, yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, that's isn't that nuts. funny? That's the funniest thing to me that this lockdown and pandemic couldn't have happened any other way without 
without the tech that we have and everything and the interconnectedness, but somehow we're more polarized than ever before and not to be trite or cliche, but that, and that we can't organize for some reason, like we have all these tools that are at our disposal and we just can't get the, the spiritual will to kind of get together and, and, and organize and do this stuff. It's kind of a weird, it's like, a, it's like a little cosmic joke almost to me. I don't know. And yeah. I don't think it'll always be that way. I think we will graduate past it, but something's weird about that. I don't know what it is. I haven't thought about it too much, but. Well, yeah. also in terms of labor organizing, it's really hard when you can't really talk to each other and there's no yeah. networks of getting that stuff done. It's all totally. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's great. Well, did, did you have any questions for us? Um, <laughs> you don't have to. I, I, just <laughs> <laughs> I guess my question would be, what, what do you think about opening schools? Do you think that um, that would be feasible? Or yeah. what, what would you, if you, the same question you asked me, how would I reopen schools? What would you do? Go ahead, you first. Yeah, well, well, that's a, well, I, I'm one of those people, I'm sure we're all the same here. I, I hate the way school is done pre-pandemic even and i think the whole thing should have been overhauled anyway so it's almost like this would be a perfect opportunity to, to do that um and yeah absolutely less uh you know it's funny this all got pushed into the home and i'm one of those big like i don't think like i don't think homework is the best thing you know f for for kids in general especially a lot of busy work and stuff like that like practice for for skills and, and things like that, whether it be math or reading for sure. But uh, yeah, I've always felt that was such a huge barrier. Um, so I would just kind of like tinker under the hood and try and if I was a master of the universe, I would just try and change as many things as possible during this time. Um, but yeah, people definitely shouldn't be stuck at home. And uh, um, it's, it's hard. Yeah. I know that's kind of a shitty answer, but yeah, there you go. Yeah. No, no, it's, uh, I, I like the, out yeah. I like the outdoor. Like thing. it's not like school was good before this, you know, like they, yeah. it's not like, yeah, yeah, I agree. It was bad before and it's worse now. They found yeah. a way to make it even make it worse. worse. Yeah. yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I, I, dude, I'm telling you, like I was, he, he was a good student. This guy over here, he was a good, he was a good student. We went to high school together. Yeah, we did. Or, yeah. So, oh, nice. yeah, no, we've known each other for a long time, but, um, that yeah. he was a good student. Um, I was like, okay. You know what I mean? Like kind of, I, I made grades for sports and, uh, like to me, I, I just, I always thought like, yeah, like outdoors, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, and things like that. But if I was on zoom, like I would be, I don't know if I want to say it. I'd be like high every day. Like I would just be like, there's no, no, especially in high school. I don't know what age you teach, yeah. but like, especially in like high school, like I, there's no chance I would have wasted a year. I would have just punted a year away. Like it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have happened. Like there's no, I know. I, but if I were to open it up, like, I just like, honestly, like, I don't, I don't know because it's like part of, part of me is like, look, I I'm a lot of what I say is kind of like, look, we kind of are where we are. You're going to sit around and wait for some vaccine. That's going to be rushed anyways. Like, okay, sure. But yeah. like also, you know, how do you stop kids from like, touching each other you know what i mean so i, I am yeah. i am curious on that but like there's got to be something like you don't it's you can't just like you said like in 1918 like they were able to do that like we can't do something like that now and yeah i would do it outside i would it just would on the school property like, why can't I, you do it on the school property yeah i have to go on just one tangent rant really quick and wonder what your your guys thoughts are uh i'm sure i've talked about this before but just how the 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 influenza virus the flu is in, in pretty much every category, arguably much more deadly to children and to teenagers. Uh, it's, it's more, inf it's more infectious. Well, maybe not more infectious, but it, it 
it kills kids every single year. And two years ago, two, three years ago or whatever, we had a, we had a massive influenza year, you know, like 80,000 dead. Uh, um, and we'd never, no one ever, and you know, I don't I'm, remember it. Yeah. That's yeah no one remembers it. Yeah. Uh, we, um, we also, and I have, I'm not saying anyone needs to follow me down this road, but I have, I'm highly critical of the flu vaccine. Uh, I, I, I think it's largely a scam. I know, you know, that's not a, a lot of people feel different ways about that. Um, I can back it up with data. And so it's just, we, we have this, we're playing this weird game with the flu. And so, and now, and now here's where it gets a little controversial and, and conspiratorial oh, now. And, okay. And yeah, we're, <laughs> where we're basically, we're, 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 if you look at the data and like influence is way down, there is an overlap of the symptoms and how, what we count and the testing is a lot of times very shoddy with how we count these numbers. And so um, a lot of people are saying that we're basically pushing back, like the, the flu will come back and we'll be, it'll be mixed and muddled with COVID uh, on purpose or not purposefully or not. And it'll just extend this pandemic like, forever basically up in, until ad infinitum basically and it'll kind of and the culture has shifted around it to where like maybe we should lock down because of the flu every year yeah. and and i have beliefs on you know i'm like kind of a nutrition guy and i think if we we're all taking vitamin d and other things that like we could we could nip this in the bud you know nine times out of ten it, as it stands that's my rant anyway about about that how that the flu and itself and how it pertains to schools and kids and teachers spreading it and no one cared before you know yeah, yeah the so, the rolling lockdowns thing is really scary and yes big. that rolling lockdown yeah yeah because like storm like a rolling like rolling <laughs> like what a weird way to phrase that yeah. uh, <laughs> just that every time there's something goes wrong that this is going to be seen as a legitimate policy oh. something that was a complete failure <laughs> i yeah. don't understand that did you see in the um the bay area transit transit some sort of transportation authority was recommending and passed something around people working from home, that people were going to be uh, expected to work from home for various companies for yeah, 60% I I of the that. time or something. That's going to yeah. be Yeah, so instead of building better public transportation, their answer to greenhouse gas emissions and limiting greenhouse gas emissions was to just have people stay home. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah no that's right yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like i love giving away you know 40 50 percent of my money for to be told to stay home you know what i mean rather than having yeah. it fund like you said like i i've relied for a long time on public transit and it's like we yeah. could we could totally the traffic in the bear sucks you know what i mean like regardless like and so selfishly when everyone stays at home i work out in the road it's been very nice that nobody's yeah. driving but it's like that's just the way we could have overhauled schools we could have overhauled transit Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, during all yeah. this could have been a total time to hit the re- reset button, and maybe maybe it would have taken longer than this. You know, what I mean, it wouldn't all be rolled out by now. But yeah, it's it's insane. Like the V, I think VTA and BART and all that kind of stuff. Like they they could, and other cities. You know, like like I know Portland has their own. You know, uh, they actually have a really nice public transit. But like uh, other things like that. Like it's it should be a time in where we improve this infrastructure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like and there's look, there's a lot of construction like and that's the field i'm in there's a lot of construction that is like ready to go you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that that didn't really stop like it stopped for like yeah. three or four weeks and like we could be doing this kind of stuff and i'm just wondering you know like you said it's just a bunch of withholding of money and withholding of funds when we could be overhauling this and making it better for say if there's another sort of pandemic or something like that yeah, yeah. totally yeah. exactly yeah 
Uh, and I do, it's funny. I do know, uh, I do know people in construction industries and like, but in administratively, right. Where they're, they're getting like bonuses right, oh, for sure. working during this time. And then the laborers oh, wow. are like, what is that? You know, kind of thing. And, and again, not blaming anyone for getting a bonus. I think it's great, you know, but it, it just kind of shines a light on where we're at. It's not great. Labor. I'm, I'm yeah. going to hate on that. I'm gonna, yeah. <laughs> no, you shouldn't be. Yeah. It, it sucks. I mean, and I, I've profited from it. You're I, we, my company, we help out with the fires like a lot right now that have been oh, yeah. happening in like Santa Cruz. And I know you wrote about it in your thing. Like these kids are at home. The house is filled with smoke and stuff too. Like, yeah, you know, sometimes yeah. it is, I, I can yeah. attest to that too. Like it's, it's true. That's not just like, you know, hamming it up and stuff. Like it, it's very true. Like with all this, stuff going on like just real fast i just wanted to know like i are you i don't know i don't want to give away too much information but i, I assume you're california native right and yeah and, and stuff like what what has it been like this year in 2020 because we've had some crazy stuff happen like just just with all like you can't even go outside even though like i mean it's fine it's better now but like couldn't even like go outside for a long time even just go for like a walk like your sinuses will start dripping and stuff i know it's so painful <laughs> the it's, smoke. it's really bad um I, I don't know. I, I, I'm worried for California. It's Duh. sad because it's a state with a lot of natural beauty. Um, but it doesn't seem like things are going to improve soon. And I, the Democrats have had, you know, um, trifecta control of the state government since 2011. That's what I like to hear right here. All the major cities are, you know, Democrat, Democrat governments. Um, yep city governments and but it's all the, the president's fault it is yeah. and yet yeah, his hands are, that's why his hands are tied Gavin <laughs> simply can't do anything but the situation with the um homelessness crisis is very sad we have 12 percent of the country's population 25 percent of the homeless population um yeah. child poverty here is very high food insecurity is high and this is where central valley is so all of a lot ton of the countries you know nuts fruits vegetables come from here and yet people here don't necessarily have access to food <laughs> yeah it's really sad um we have multiple ecological crises going on with the fires and then um uh we have the still dealing with the repercussions of the drought season a few years ago because we're drain we drain we're in process of draining all our aquifers and all the ground all of that water is unregulated yes um so we have a situation where um there's almond orchards and stuff in desert areas of the south of the central valley where getting huge amounts of water from groundwater pumped over there um for huge profits for those companies oh and yeah Meanwhile, Central Valley residents are losing access to their own drinking water. So yeah. it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's very, um, it's yeah, it's just, it's, there, there's no other word for it. Um, yeah. But as long as you put it like a, you know, as long as you put like BLM or no hate, we ha you know, in your front yard of your $2.4 million Menlo Park home, we're good. Yeah. That's, and that's I don't, all. I don't <laughs> think it's any coincidence that we have this ex extreme level of inequality and um, all, like I said, ongoing major crises that are going completely unaddressed and people are just living their lives like nothing's going on when everything's full of smoke and there's homeless encampments everywhere. Yeah. And at the same time, like you said, people have BLM signs up everywhere and everyone yeah. is woke. 
it's not a coincidence <laughs> that identity politics is really taking a place of a completely different type of politics that we should be having right now, given hey, what we're up against. Speaking our language. Yeah, yeah. no, it's 1000%. There's no, there is no like material gain to be made from like any of that. And I'm not like, like, Hey, you want to put that sign in your front yard? That's cool. But it's like, uh, you honestly just want people to go by your house and be like, yeah, thumbs up, man. That's yeah. like, that's really like what you want out of, out of at, when you put that sign when really like, like you said, what is it? 20, you said 25% of the nation's homelessness. Like that's just, that's yeah. insane. I see it. I, it's, it's terrible. Like it's, it's, like there's no freeway overpass that doesn't have homeless. I know it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. And it's the, like, I don't, it's almost incomprehensible. The culture where we have affluent people in the state who are obsessed, ob obsessed with social justice <sighs> language. And, and yet the end point of that is just voting for more Democrats like Gavin Newsom and, the mayors of these cities yeah. that cater to tech and developers the that same are politicians these problems yeah the same yeah. politicians by the way that when like a dude builds a bunch of tiny homes for la's homeless population they're like nope gotta take yeah. those out of there you know it's like <laughs> what the fuck you know it's how so dare green. you put a tomato uh <laughs> tomato plants on this concrete median that hasn't been used for, this is for yeah. carl's jr bags sir yeah uh, how's there? <laughs> oh it's it's <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it's nuts. Like, I, I'm very critical of Gavin Newsom on, on here. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't yeah. imagine you're too big of a fan, honestly. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, every it, that he he ran on like woke stuff. That was his thing. Yeah, like, he was like, "Hey, I'm pro gay marriage." And like, I remember back in the, well, God, what was that like mid aughts or whatever? You know, that he was he was he was like, "I'm pro gay marriage," and everyone was like, "That's our guy." And it's like, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's definitely. I don't. Yeah, it's not insignificant. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah. It's not insignificant at all. That's great. Cool. But then, like, every, he shills himself out to these private utility companies all the time, and he pretends yeah. that he can't put a stop to, like, basically these private utility companies burning down the entire state, because yeah. they are, and, and his hands are tied with everything. And then there's people that are like, yeah, should be president, honestly. Like, that's their, <laughs> yeah, we should oh, give, God. a guy like that needs a promotion. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I, I, it, it's nuts. Yeah. I, that's why, because I, when I see your tweets, I kind of relate to them. I'm like, man, I, a lot of people, like, I follow, like, on the left, they're not from, like, out here. And I'm, I'm just like, it's, it's crazy. Because, like, you put into words stuff that I, I'm thinking, but I'm just like, I, I don't have that, like, ability to put it into words. So, it, it's, it's really crazy. It's like our, our last, our guest appearance on that, on the last thing. Right? It's, it's hard to understand the, the cynical support of identity politics in place of real material change uh not 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 saying that that's not you know good on its own right or anything but just other people are like what's wrong with that what's wrong with people you know i'd love to be in california and in a part of this whole thing and it's like it's really not what it seems from the no. outside it's it's not this you know it's very dystopian and it's very yeah. strange yeah and it's, uh yeah it's hard to three jobs to pay your rent you're an in independent contractor at all three yeah you get taxed yeah. for having three jobs and not yeah. getting enough it's it's insane big guys yeah. yeah it's insane yeah. uh cool. well alex I, I really appreciate you joining us yeah this thanks is, for having me on yeah. yeah it's been great and like again i kept you i kept you a little longer than i said that's kind no, of my <laughs> that's kind of a scam that i run <laughs> and um so uh again well i'm um, just at home so it's fine <laughs> you are yeah <laughs> like you are at home in california yeah, yeah. Don't, don't you have some job yeah. to be at yeah, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyways um so we, you can follow her. She's your galaxy brain, right? Is that, is that your Twitter? Yeah, G-A-L-E-X-Y-B-R-A-N-E. Got it. Okay. So I, and I will, and that's going to be at the bottom of the screen. I'm going to put that there in the episode notes. I'm going to put a link to her article in the, in the bellows, which was great. And I recommend everybody read it. We referenced a lot of stuff to it on here. It's great. 
Um, you feel free to come back anytime. You are the official first guest, so uh, we'll mail the well, award. I'm to honored. You. Thank we will you. mail the award to you. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, Your check yeah, will we'll, be in the mail. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll I'll be by the mailbox. <laughs> Wait a couple days before you promise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. the uh, anyways, uh, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank uh, you so much for having me. This and you're great. welcome back anytime. And uh, if next time Gavin Newsom messes up, I'll probably reach out to you. So okay, uh, y'all. All right. I'll be watching. All right. So we're we're at Rare Candy Pod One. I'm at Glenn Rockney. He's at Crypto Size. She's at Galaxy Brain. And uh, thanks again for listening, guys. Bye bye.